a sobering reminder of how our freedoms have been protected, how they came to be. I hope that as you go throughout your weekend that you will uh, remember those who have sacrificed so much. As we move on with our service, we're wrapping up our series on the life of someone that probably doesn't need a lot of introduction um, because he was not only a disciple, but he was one of Jesus' closest disciples, a man named Peter. We've called this series The Rock, and uh, we found out that, that uh, he maybe is not the rock that we uh, initially think of when we think of the word rock, but I know that for myself, I feel some identification with Peter. Um, In my own personal life, um, I've shared this story over the years. Uh, I won't share all of it, but I was 14 years old when I knew that God had called me into the ministry. Uh, 14. What 14-year-old could we put any confidence in in something that's going to last past my next video game experience? Do you know what I'm saying? Okay? And I was no different than that. In fact, maybe I was more like that than they are today. Okay? Let's just be honest. But I was 14 years old and I I knew. It wasn't just a feeling. It was I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God was calling me to serve in the ministry. I was just a kid, a short kid with a big mouth. (laughs) And and I I say that, I say that, I don't even say that to be funny. That's the truth. I was a short kid with a big mouth, and that mouth got me in trouble in my home all the time. All the time. That was the thing that my dad had the biggest issue with when I grew up was my mouth. And I feel an identification with Peter because Peter, Peter was that same guy with the big mouth. And he's often spoke before he should have. But we see a change that's taken place. We started out in our, in our first week of this series and we looked at those mistakes that Peter made and then we looked later in his life and, and we see that God really used Peter and gave him the heart of a shepherd to feed his, God's lambs and, and his sheep and to really, to really care for people, to really love people. But what happened? How did that take place? So now I want to kind of split the difference between the two and look at some things that happened in Peter's life that are going to help us understand how he got there. The first thing is this. Peter had to get from from his bravado to boldness. So he he made a transition. He changed uh, to boldness, not bravado. Peter was known for his swagger. Pastor Ben hates that word. I just, I just threw that in there for him today. Peter was known for his swagger. Peter talked a really big game. Peter talked smack. 
Are you uncomfortable with that? It's just people. That's just who he was. Peter was the guy that gets out of the boat in the storm and sinks. He's the guy that tells Jesus that will never happen. He's the guy that told Jesus, oh no, you're not going to wash my feet. Imagine telling Jesus, not asking Jesus, not commenting, but telling Jesus things like, I'll, I'll die protecting you. And how the reality of each of those statements and each of those situations came crashing down on him. He had bravado. He could talk a good game. He could talk big. But the reality is that Peter couldn't back it up. And he found that out over and over again. But in Acts chapter 2, we see something different. Look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 5. It says, Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And verses 9 through 11 actually list a, a bunch of cities where these people ultimately came from. Now, let me give you the, uh, just a 30-second bite of history here. There's a reason why there are God-fearing Jews that have come from all over the world to Jerusalem for that moment, and it was called the Feast of Pentecost. The Feast of Pentecost was 50 days. It was a feast commanded by God 50 days after Passover. And we know that Jesus was arrested and he was put on the cross the day before Passover. In fact, they wanted to get him off the cross because Passover was coming. But we also see in the Old Testament that Passover came because God brought the 10 plagues of, uh, on Egypt, right? Remember back that far? When the Hebrews were enslaved by Egypt, God brings the 10 plagues. The 10th one was the firstborn will die. Moses says that you need to kill a one-year-old spotless lamb, take the blood, put it on the doorpost. The death angel will pass over Thus, the holiday, the, the, the remembrance of Passover. 50 days later, the Hebrews, after leaving Egypt, crossing the Red Sea, getting out into the desert, they come to Mount Sinai. God gives Moses the law on Mount Sinai. God descends on the mountain in power and a manifestation of God's presence that included the cloud, the lightning, the thunder, the voice of God, all the, literally an earthquake shaking the mountain. God showed up in power. Peter on that day of Pentecost, look at verses 37, 38, and verse 41 of chapter 2. Before now, Peter, I want you to realize Peter is speaking to these people, and he's, here's what he's saying. Let me get to the verse in a second. He said, you nailed Jesus to the cross, and he died. He said, but death could not hold them. Now remember, there's people from all over the world that are packed into Jerusalem and he is publicly telling them these things. He is saying Jesus who you crucified was the son of God, something punishable for saying that by death. Look at verse 37. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart 
and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. Peter's words on that day, they carried conviction. They carried power. He tells them, repent. You need to have a change of heart, a change of will in your life. And the Bible says that 3,000 got saved that day. 3,000 Jewish people from around the world put their trust in Jesus, in what he did on the cross. This is the same Peter that denied being a disciple in front of a young girl 50 days earlier. Are you with me? The same, this is the same Peter that rebuked parents for bringing their children to Jesus. The same Peter whom Jesus referred to as Satan just, just weeks or months earlier. Peter was a man who had a lot of bravado, but he couldn't back it up. So what happened? I love Proverbs 28 and verse 1, the second half of that verse. It says, the righteous are bold as a lion. Peter somehow went from boldness or from bravado to boldness. He, he, he somehow became bold. How did that happen? Well, the second thing I want us to look at is that Peter goes to a place of power, not persuasion. Peter had always depended on his mouth. He had depended on swift action without thoughts to be persuasive of others. Peter has this huge personality. He's a classic example of an old saying that says that even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. And when that happened and he found that nut, he would talk about it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I did it. I did it. I said I was gonna do it, I went out and I did it. Forgetting the other 99 times that he did not find the nut and he just talked about it and didn't get it. Something happened in Peter's life. One minute, Peter was being, being praised by Jesus. The next minute, he's being called Satan. And now, the disciples are, are they are literally, they are, they're, they're performing signs and wonders, the Bible says in Acts chapter two. People are getting saved. The church is growing. Peter and John are on their way to the temple to pray and, and they see a man that has been placed there to beg and he's going to be asking for money. This lame man, and before he could ask for money, Peter looks at him and begins to speak to him. Peter says, look at us. He gets this guy's attention. He gets him really locked in. Here's what he says in Luke, or Acts chapter 3, verses 6 to 8. He said, silver or gold, I do not have. He knew that's what the guy was going to ask for. If you've ever traveled in a big city, if you've ever lived in a big city, if you've ever been downtown in a big city, you know what it is to come across people that are asking for money. The last thing that you want to do is actually get their attention. 
The last thing that you want to do is, is get eye contact with them. You do exactly the opposite. You look away so that they won't feel like they've got an avenue to talk to you. Peter said, look at us. Silver and gold, we do not have. But what I, give, what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Then he takes another huge step in verse 7. Taking him by the right hand. I, I think I might have kept walking after saying that. Hey, I don't have any silver, don't have any gold, but whatever I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. I got to keep going. I don't want to stick around and see if the guy's actually going to walk. Peter grabs him by the hand in verse 7. He helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then they went, he, he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Imagine the shock in the crowd. This guy was there every day. They knew that he was lame. They knew he could not walk, and now they see him jumping and leaping and praising God. Peter, I love what he says. Why do you guys look surprised? Why do you look surprised? Why are you looking at us like it's our power that has caused this to happen? He immediately addresses exactly what they're thinking. They're tempted to think that this is Peter's power or John's power that has caused this to happen. And Peter, from that moment of grabbing their attention, here's what he does. He said, you handed Jesus over to Pilate. He goes back to the same message again. He said, you disowned the Holy One, the Righteous One. He said, you killed Jesus, but God raised him from the dead. Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, it says, repent then. This is his message. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. And the scripture says that another 2,000 accepted Christ that day. Another 2,000 became followers in what was called the way. So in the past few days, there have been over 5,000 and, and more than likely, we're talking about just men. There would have been women on top of that. There are now thousands that are a part of following Jesus. This is incredible. How is this happening? How is this taking place? Peter and John then are arrested by what are called the Sanhedrin. They're a group of 71 religious and seminal, civil and criminal. Uh, uh, it's a council that takes care of those matters under the Roman government. They're interrogated about the healing. And here's what they, they ask in, in Acts chapter four, verse seven, by what power or what name do you do this? And Peter's answer, Jesus of Nazareth, whom you killed, whom you killed. Again, these things are punishable by death. Something is different about Peter. He went from being afraid of little girls to standing up against the most powerful people in his world. How? What happened? 
Acts 4.13, it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Peter hadn't gone out and gotten a degree in the meantime. And that's why he could do this. No, that's not what it was. So how come all of a sudden he's operating in power? Thirdly, Peter was still flawed, but now he was filled. Peter still made big mistakes. Do you know that if you or if I were writing the Bible, we wouldn't put the mistakes in there? You realize that? We wouldn't put the mistakes in there because the mistakes draw attention to the, the humanity and the failings of people and we would want the, you know, everything to be perfect, right? So don't put the mistakes in there but yet the Bible puts all the mistakes in there. Let's look at Peter. He still makes mistakes. Galatians chapter two. This is Paul writing now in verse 11. It says when Cephas, Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. Paul is chewing out Peter. This is going to be a fight. He said, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. This means Jews who are, are still practicing their Judaism. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy. You see, for a Jew, it was against the law, the law of Moses, for them to eat with a Gentile. Jesus, though, came and he fulfilled the law. He didn't abolish it, he fulfilled it. He fulfilled the law, and they were no longer in the same way bound to obey all of those things. Jesus came, and, and literally Jesus opened the door. For the world to be saved. But Peter gets called out because he's afraid of the Jews. Peter, he, he, uh, he literally, he fails because of his fear. But yet God used him powerfully. Aren't you glad to know that even though we fail, God can still use us? I mean, those of you that never fail, I can understand why it really doesn't matter. But if we fail, when we fail, and we're going to fail, I want you to be comforted to know that God still uses us, but something has happened. Something is different here. Let's go back to the interrogation by the Sanhedrin, this, this council of 71 leaders in the nation of Israel, the most powerful gathering of Jewish people in their nation. And here's what it says in Acts 4, verse 8, the first part of the verse, before Peter begins to address them, it says, then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. The author refers to the day of Pentecost, 50 days after the Passover. Something happened on that day. What happened on the day of Pentecost that changed Peter's life? 
Something happened. Because beforehand, we see all of these incredible mistakes. Later, we see all the power of God. Yes, there are still mistakes, but there's power. There's power that is associated with Peter's life, with his ministry. Something happened. And we read about it in Acts chapter 2. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Let me interrupt the text for one moment. Remember when I referred to Moses receiving the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai and the manifest presence of God in the form of a cloud, lightning, earthquake, fire, the voice of God. And God said that day you shall remember this day. It became known as the Feast of Pentecost. Penta means 50, 50 days after the Passover. And now, 1,400 years later, 50 days after the Passover, God is showing up the same way he did 1,400 years ago on the mountain. Showing up with his manifest presence, his power. And it says that all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This spills out onto the streets. People from every nation, these God-fearing Jews are gathered there and Peter begins to preach to them as we talked about earlier. What happened to Peter? That changed Peter? What happened to Peter that took him from being somebody that was just, just a, a smack-talking, bravado-filled guy to a place where he was bold for Jesus Christ? What took him from a place of just trying to persuade by his own natural abilities, by his big mouth, by his quick actions, to a place where he actually had the power of God in his life? It was the Holy Spirit the power of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Now, I don't know about you. I've already told you that I do, but maybe you can identify with Peter. Flawed. Man, I can look, I can look at my life and see the flaws. I don't know about you, but I can see mine. So how do we get from a place where it's just us talking to the ultimate power of God? How do we get there? How did Peter get there? It was the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. I'm gonna invite you to stand with me if you would. In the few minutes that we have before this service ends, I don't know if you know it, but today is 50 days after Passover. Today is the day of Pentecost on the Jewish calendar. What a, what a day to say, God, I want the power of your Holy Spirit. So as we close this service, if you're here and you say, you know what? I can identify with Peter. 
as I look back and I see the mistakes and I see, and I, I hope this doesn't bother you too much, but just the big, the big mouth that he was. And it doesn't bother me because I am that person. And now I see a different Peter filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want that in my life. I want the power of the Holy Spirit. I want the fullness of that Spirit in my heart, in my life. We're going to close our service in just a moment, but before we do, if that's you, I'm just going to invite you to slip out from your seat and find a place here at the front just as a way of saying, God, that's what I want in my life. I'm going to invite you to come. Make that declaration. God, I desire the power. Lord, the same power that you fill Peter with, that's what I want in my life. Come on, don't wait. We're going to close in just a second. But if that's you, I want you to come. Don't wait. Don't think about who's next to you. Don't think about what's for lunch. Don't think about anything else. Because the Holy Spirit is working right now. Don't hesitate. I'm going to ask for some people that would come and just put a hand on a shoulder here. I'd like to make sure every person has someone praying with them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For those of you that are watching through Church Online, this includes you this morning. Don't miss out on this moment just because you're not in this place. God wants to fill you with his power the way he did Peter, the way he did others. So Father, this morning, as we look at our lives, we can identify with Peter, we can see the mistakes, we can see how we have, have often just conducted our lives and and for me I'm just going to identify with that that loud big mouth person that Peter was so often uh, getting the cart before the horse speaking before he actually understood and then I see what Peter did by the power of God in the New Testament and I say God that's what I need I need the power of your Holy Spirit and so, God, here today, there are people that have stepped out from where they have been seated and they've said, God, I desire the power of your Holy Spirit, the power that fell on the mountain on Mount Sinai, the power of God that fell in that upper room with 120 people on the day of Pentecost. God, I want the power of God to show up in my life. Come on, let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, come on, let's pray it loud. Dear Lord Jesus, all of us, I acknowledge that I'm like Peter, but I want the power of God today. I recognize that God showed up on Mount Sinai 
and he showed up in the upper room with 120 on the day of Pentecost. Show up in my life today with your power on this day of Pentecost, I pray. In Jesus' name. God, I pray. Amen. Father, I ask you today that your power would begin to be poured out And God, may we not just at this moment think about it, but even as we leave, God, may we leave with a sense of God, fill me with your power. Fill me with your Holy Spirit today. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Jesus said in Acts chapter one, and I'm gonna close with this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We receive it, Father. We receive your power, the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, it's been great to have you today. God bless you. Thank you for being here. I hope that you'll fellowship and have a cup of coffee with folks today. Hang around a little bit. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy Memorial Day weekend. Be thankful.